Hey everybody, welcome to the Mount Deer Podcast. My name's Rodney Elmer. I'm here at Deer Camp 2020. Rifle season is over. Is over. Yeah. It just collapsed. It's gone. <laughs> it just collapsed. It's, it's dead. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Muzzle loader season is about to fire up. Because, yes, it's Sunday evening and uh, we we are prepared for muzzle loader. We actually went out today and did a little bit of filming and like we were driving around and we were like, you know what? thinking about how muzzleloader is going to go a little bit and then we ended up having like a four-hour conversation with a, a group of guys i was you know and these two guys pulled up in their truck and we chatted for them for like four hours it was awesome we we're just hanging out and we're like yeah. oh yeah we were, we came out here to do something what was that <laughs> <laughs> yeah another great day in May. yeah it was really yep. good it awesome good. really really good yep. we, so we were we got back and we were watching some of our film beforehand and we're like and dad's like hey you want to play some cards and i'm like sure he's like want to do a podcast and i was like sure he's like you want to read some comments and have coffee at the same time too and i was like yeah that's a good idea that's a great idea let's give that a try so this is sorry for this will probably be a little like bangy and slammy and stuff and you'll probably hear the cards slapping a little bit more than you know because the mics are hooked to the table so we're going to do our best to uh keep this relatively listenable and we'll just while we're going we're going to be answering some of your comments and that kind of stuff from our Instagram, YouTube, and uh, up maybe Facebook too. Maybe we'll jump on Facebook. Facebook's an, a whole other animal. That's so another animal. Mess with that, yep. but so yep. we're just gonna play some cards and hang out, and uh, we'll do that. Gotta get situated for it. This is a game that we had some great. We have discussions. way we have way too many cards, but I'm gonna let. That's it, not nine. No, it's like twelve. What? <laughs> Jeez, I guess I better learn how to count. That's okay. No, it's okay. Just keep the extra. I don't really care. Yeah. Do you care? There are a couple extras. Whatever. Yeah. I'm still going to beat you anyway. Yeah, probably. So, anyway, want to get our first comment? Yeah. I let's, dealt the cards. Let's, let's go. Deal the let's, comments. Yeah, let's go let's to uh, what video. Pick a video. Want to do Jimmy's? Yeah, Jimmy's. Jimmy's big big uh, moose slashing, yeah, smashing so, so everything. That was, yeah, that's a, that's a great video. The the one that we just put out, uh, Cocoa Puff gets those battling bulls. The ones, the three in the cut, which was which was super cool. Yeah, that that to have real knockdown, drag out. I'm gonna kill you. Kind yeah. of moose footage fighting is yeah. really kind of hard to do. And and of course, most of the time they last about as long as Jimmy's did. You know, just Real a quick. few, yeah, usually less than a minute, they, they solve their issues and then break up. And it's you, you'll see a like a, a, a on a road in the snow, you see this donkey fo- hoedown yeah. in the middle of the road yeah. where they've done all this <laughs> dancing. And sometimes it's real serious. Yeah. And most of the time it's not. It's plinking. Because like, yeah. you and I, we were actually up on top of one of our favorite places, uh, a mountain and we up here. And I actually got some footage of two bulls doing the same thing but it would they were smaller bulls and they're kind of just like doing this like Sparring. just barely like tanking them together and it wasn't like aggressive like real and because right. like we like were, kids they, with their their yeah. swords out yeah we were like we were yeah. joking we're like oh that's so cool two bulls sparring that's awesome and then jimmy like one-ups me with this like awesome all-out fight and i was like dude you killed me and we all laughed about it <laughs> yeah but here's here's really a good. here's a first uh okay that looks like an awesome day in the woods. Nice way to catch that gym. Uh, game dinner. And uh, that was great. Uh, Colby Kinney. This is Coco's Wild America. <laughs> Jimmy's probably pretty proud of that. that he is. Because, he should be. That's, yeah. You don't just get that. He, he's gotten some really good footage this year. You know, uh, on the wildlife side, it this has been a tough year it, to film animals. It basically has become Coco's Wild Maine. 
because like yeah. almost like Casey got some really good deer footage recently and uh and he he just barely has the has the crown for the filmer of the year so far but Jimmy the most amount of game and the like the but, but overall best footage has been Jimmy hands down. Yeah, he's been he's doing, been doing so good. good and yeah. he does like really good updates and like really good, like, Hey, you know, and he, he just has this like personality on camera and off camera. The Jimmy experience is yeah. just so like friendly and nice. Like he's, he's just, he's the best. Really. It pushes through your first dude. Yep. What else we got here? Coco Puff is my favorite. Nice job, Coco Puff. I, I want to say that um, we've probably only gotten <laughs> twice now of, of bulls of fighting that? in 25 years. And it was all this year? Yeah. like um, No, no, no. It's three times. I mean, well, if, you, if I, you don't count mine, mine doesn't really count. So it is twice. Well, you and Lewis. And, and, and I've done it a few times, you know, with, with tinkling, you know, just going easy. They're just they're just knocking horns a little bit. Um, yeah. This has been a wicked year for us just missing some knockdown drag out buck fights. Yeah, you know where there, there's blood in the tracks and everything else. I mean, we we've definitely had some battles this year. The bucks have really been pounding each other, and we've come on to three fight scenes. Well, for you, tails, you and you I know? did three, and right. actually no, it was more than that because we had three smaller fight scenes before we got the the second round of snow. Oh, and then when right, you and I were right. tracking that buck that just barely got away, that hog, him, and the other one, the blood in the track and all that. That was the most like. All, it was the farthest spread out because they were covering ground at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, that was two and a half and miles was, of them pestering was, each other. Yeah, it was the most yeah. recent best yeah. stuff. You're up. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, some of the coolest fidget footage you boys have ever got. All hail Professor Coco Bomb. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we really appreciate everybody, you know, liking what we're doing. Yeah. It, it, it takes a lot to film. Um, you need a lot more time than you would be if you were hunting. Yeah, you know, you you can see a whitetail in in just a you know manner of a few seconds. Get your safety off, get your gun up, but to get, get the it. crosshair on it, and go ahead and shoot and get the deer. And if you're trying to film a, a live buck running around in the woods, uh, you, you've just exponentially made made your hunting career so much harder. Right? Yeah, it, it's a total upgrade to get into filming everything and to do a really good job at it. Yeah, it it that adds it adds an element. <laughs> It adds an element of challenge to the hunting experience because like at any given moment you have to you have to kind of decide whether you want to film or shoot or if it's safe to film at all because you know we it looks like we're not hunting that much when we're filming a lot because you're not you have to give up you know you have to give up the hunt to film well and you have to give up the film to hunt well you know, it's one of the things like some of the most successful deer hunters, you're never, you're never going to see a video from them because they're so focused on the hunting part of it and the getting it done and they're serious about it and they hammer and, and it shows, you know, these guys that, you know, lay down nice big bucks in places like Maine where it's like, it's difficult to do so. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it helps if and, your, your photographer is, is better at hunting than you are in a lot of ways. <laughs> you want to put that down? Yeah, I just threw, I just threw that, that across the table. I'll take that thing. Hey, Rodney and Taylor, I was so happy to be fortunate to meet you guys this year. It was a pleasure, and I love watching you guys. We had some luck out in Maine this year. I tried to throw something out there, out here, trying to learn from you guys and some others' videos. Quality, not the best, but love watching you guys. And watching you guys, you got a chance to check out my biggest buck ever. Thanks. Oh, oh, would oh, that be yeah, the yeah, fellow yeah, who sent us yeah. a video? Yeah, that sounds like him. It, yeah. 
bearded was it the bearded outdoors outdoorsman northwoods boy i have to look him? on my phone i'll have to check it out because uh we had this one fellow that he sent us the video of that his sent us a video on of youtube actually we'll, we'll link that to, i think we'll, we'll link that right sent above it, sent the link on messenger to me and, yeah. and we watched it and it's a great video it was um, hysterical and yeah. so good and you know yeah. and, and it was a nice buck yeah too. it was a nice big buck it was yeah. it was on dry ground and he uh he grunted him in and it was that was awesome yeah i believe that's him it's nice to be you got inspiration. Skip. You got skipped, dog. Oh. Yeah, take those cards back up. Get out of here. Right, figures. <laughs> go ahead. Now you can play. It's nice to be an inspiration to people to get out there and go for it yourself, you know, and, and yeah. really give her some and don't don't be afraid to to show yourself and show who you are and what you do. And I don't want to eat that whole pile. You do. I gotta eat that whole pile. So in the game that we're playing, you you basically work through two decks of cards. And you have to get rid of them all out of the game. And if you can't beat the card that's on top of the discard pile, you have to pick the entire thing up and try to get rid of it again. So dad, dad ends a up, now. you have like 40 cards right now. You're not doing hot, buddy. <laughs> the other thing too is we had a, we had another, we had a, part of our conversation with those gentlemen out in the woods today was, um, aren't you worried that, you know, the kind of, the concept came up that aren't you worried that eventually people are just going to sit around and merely watch videos and not go out and and it doesn't necessarily pertain to just our videos alone but what about people just uh hunting vicariously through others and not going out and doing it themselves and i was like no because the you're gonna get that sometimes because some people don't necessarily have the opportunity to do so you know Mm -hmm. jesus you're killing me there how's that killing me you know and the it's hard for somebody in California or in Lake Stevens, Washington. Hello, Lake Stevens, Washington. Right. Um, it's hard for them to drive all the way over here to Maine and go hunting out here like we do, you know? Right. So, like, when somebody lives in a far-off place, yeah, to really get that experience is difficult for you. But, you know, the videos are supposed to just be a, a showing of how you could do it and a way of doing it. And how we hunt is not the is not the best and it's not something that you would you have to do and it's not the right way it's a way Mm -hmm. you know and that's and the same thing with how we film like you know there's a lot of guys that do a different uh film style approach like jeff doyle does the over over shoulder cam he's had really good success with that it's really cool it's a new vantage point you have guys like the benoits who had a dedicated film crew Mm -hmm. right and you have like real like actual production stuff behind the scenes like they're paying for it it's a big deal mm-hmm. and then you have like that middle ground where you know it's us where it's self-filmed sometimes cameraman sometimes between you know your hunting partners your camera buddy and mm-hmm. and all that you know that that changes the dynamic of it and i think using those mediums is supposed to be inspirational it is you know it's like not it's not like i would have killed to have it 25 years ago oh my god when i first started coming here you know and here I got them old junk cameras, and I'm trying to make something out of nothing. <laughs> and that's a skip, so it's you. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, crap. <laughs> now you got to pick up your own card? No, I don't. <laughs> well, I can work with that. Yeah, you can. The, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not, I think that it's the videos offer an opportunity for people to see a way it's a way that it could be done and measured mm-hmm. against themselves. Yep. You know, and well, that was one of the things we were talking about in the woods today. Well, we weren't really in the woods. We were in the truck seat and the Jeep seat, right? <laughs> just, you know, 
the four of us just talking on a bench to a Chevy stump and a Jeep stump out in the middle of the wilderness, right? It was a Dodge. Oh, okay, Dodge. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's like not that that mattered. <laughs> no. But anyway. Yeah. And we're, we're out there just like sharing in the, the good feelings that you have and the agreement of what you have of where you are and how much you like it all. Yeah. You know, and how there's nothing wrong with how somebody else does it and it's okay. But then again, yes. it ain't how you want to do it. But no. then again, this is the world and you do things the and way it, you want to do it. Actually, one of the things that we've begun to notice is the, the deer are acting differently. Well, that's, that's one of the things we were discussing is like, I, we've been training deer and, and people hunting in the same method that we do and in the same area, right? Compounds the effect that you have. Cause when you track a deer and you end up educating him and you don't kill him, you've now taught him your tricks, mm-hmm. right? Because when you're, when you're tracking a buck, like he'll make a J hook or he'll go over here and eat this or do this before he'll lay, like you'll learn his habits and like how he thinks and how he moves through the woods when you track him. You're teaching him your tricks as well, right? Nature you, adapts. Right. You you do this, uh, <laughs> and you keep grunting, and then they might have a bad experience associated with a grunt. Pretty quick, a grunt will not work on that deer. And if you do that all season long, and a whole bunch of people do that, if you have a bunch of hunters going through the woods grunting and not shooting the deer that they're grunting at, they're going to be scared now, to death. Now of grunting won't work for a long time. <laughs> Right. Right. Oh yeah. So it's, it's happened like, on, on particular bucks. If, if you don't yeah. get him, you could end up like, if we went back, if two step was still around, I don't know, we don't know if he got shot. Cause that's just how it goes. Or if he made it through the winter. But if you got on that buck, most of the tactics we use won't work on him yeah. because that was, that was serious. And oh, he yeah. learned from that. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you have a buck that you have to hunt differently. Like what happens when all of the deer around here, um, never leave thick areas of really, really dense, nasty swamp brush crap that you can't get in and out of and you can't see. If they don't leave that and or they have this way of getting rid of you now and they don't cross the roads and they don't stop and wait for you because you know if deer only stop at night and never stop during the day, it's really hard to track them down unless they them. slow down. But right. if they don't and they stay steady and if they keep looking over their shoulder all the time, it isn't happening, especially if they're staying in the garbage. Yeah, it's or not, way up high. It's in the not. Garbage, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you like either that or you'll have to just happenstance get one. But you know, it won't become an effective method of getting deer. It won't. We yeah. might ruin it. <laughs> like trackers, we might ruin this. Well, you gotta be careful. The deer are, like watching the channel, basically. <laughs> I mean, they're did you seeing, see the video? This is their new tech. <laughs> right. <laughs> Coco Puff does this before he closes the deal. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> If if that turns out to be the case, and you start saving more bug, right? Yeah, you, that isn't necessarily you might a bad. Have a thing. lot of intelligent deer running. Well, around. the other thing too is like you might all of a sudden have um, them adapt to things, and if anything, they might get to be older and better and bigger. You know, there's a lot of places in the vast majority of the world would not want you walking around constantly. No, you know when you say well you're getting a deer yet you're seeing anything what's going on and even like those fellas today they, they've been up you know more than 10 years in this area hunting yeah. on a steady basis and they know about it and then when you you get somebody that's up here all the time and they someone else grinds that they've only seen one buck in a whole week of hunting yeah and they look at him and say dude that's great you saw a buck 
Yeah, that's that's like ooh. Th- there's some seriousness. I mean, this is probably one of the hardest games unless you pick up a bow and arrow. Well, if you're going to do constantly this on walk, bare ground with a bow and arrow, it's yeah, like, right. That that would be the only thing that would make this much harder than the way we've picked to do it. When you add filming on top of it, and you want to get a buck on film walking around, following him or sneaking up on him in in the thickest, nastiest brush, sometimes you can't even see 15 feet. Yeah. And you're in garbage all day long and the deer is in the garbage, out of the garbage, in the garbage, out of the garbage. And uh, one of the fellows, one of the comments we had there um, on one of the videos was like, I'm running out of season here. Yeah. I, I've been following this buck for four days straight. I've been on him and on him and on him and I just cannot see the thing and he won't stop and I never catch up to him. And I had to type back, dude, it's the truth, right? That's not just you. That's my hardest, biggest, nastiest problem too. I can't catch them. They just go so far. They just don't stop. And when they're on a a mission to find and move and nature is like urging them to walk. Yeah, they're like, even though there's no does around, they're still going to circulate and look for them. You can see how disappointed they are in their walking, right? They go up over this 3,000 footer of of green Christmas tree poles, right? And he's walking up over the mountain. And as he's going up, he slows down and he stops just like I do on a little tiny shelf. And he goes, you know, the deer does. And then he drags his feet up the hill, up the hill, and then gets on top. And he feels a little better on top because it's flat. He's not climbing anymore. And he picks up the pace a little bit. And he's walking along. And then down off the hill he goes. And he's all enthusiastic again. And he's picking up his feet. Maybe I'll find a doe down there, you know. And he wanders down and then comes to the the end of his thick cover. And he goes, oh, I got to stop. I can't go out in the open out there, you know. <laughs> Yeah. It's daylight. I, I can't yeah. do that. The rules say I have to stay in here. Yeah. So then he turns and he stays in the garbage and he loses his enthusiasm again. And then all of a sudden there's some hunter tracks or there's a doe track and away he goes. You know, yep. <laughs> it's, it's amazing just how it all goes down and how much areas are useless, completely useless. Some of that driving we did yesterday. You didn't, it was like, we went out through an area that was cut hard about 15, 10 to 15, almost 20 years ago. Some of it, it was a while. Yeah. And and the trees are 20 feet tall and they're all about four inches, five inches, six inches in diameter. And there's thousands of them, literally tens of millions of trees that size. And we drove through an area like that. As far as you could see, hardly any adult trees, as far as you can see. And we went for what? Almost. 10 miles it was a long way yeah and it was a wasteland there wasn't a moose track there wasn't a deer track there was nothing out there except trees now the paper company i'd be real happy about that right because the trees are being left alone they can yeah they can grow timber and now they can actually grow some wood and that's mm-hmm. what they're trying to do and i don't blame them for doing that but it's a wildlife wasteland at the same time yeah. oh my god there's just nothing in there yeah. some of the productive methods of growing trees and the certain things you need for certain kinds of trees actually end up not working very well because just because you have trees doesn't mean that's good for wildlife in any way jeez you're making me use all all my good stuff here sorry man that's how it goes i'm gonna beat you okay so here's another comment um chill cody forestry if you're on a track and the buck starts to act like he's gonna bed down would you leave the track and go uphill assuming that he will hook upwards before laying down Mm, no 
not necessarily. One of the there's there's a there's some advantages to hooking the track. You know, hooking out around the spot or something. Draw four. <laughs> anyway, so much for <laughs> taking my eyes off the game. <laughs> See, that's what points. I do. Um, I'll just throw up a comment <laughs> and then I'll snake you. Yeah, yeah make me lose it, Curtis. Anyway, so as you were as you were saying. There, there's an, there's some advantages to leaving the track and hooking up around. Um, for number one, you can go in the quietest possible way. You can go on the downwind side. He's less likely to yep. know you're there, you know, inadvertently. Yes. You can be quiet and you can be scentish free, you know, somewhat. So there's some advantages there. One of the disadvantages is, of course, you don't know where he actually is as close. Yeah, because when you lose the track, you also lose that data. And the mm-hmm. stream of information that's coming in from his track, like attitude, direction, all these other things. You and lose a little bit of it's, that. It's risky to swing a track. And, you know, because mm-hmm. the context of the question says uphill, but uphill, yeah. you know, if he's going upwards and you're thinking he might bed down higher, going uphill to to try to swing it is super risky. And most of the time you're better off to just. I've had a couple times I where that's I tried t- that's that. tough. Especially on a on an even hillside slope. Most of the time, if they lay down on a hillside slope, there's a little small flat spot, a little shelf, a little something where it's kind of flat. They don't lay down so that they'll roll down the hill. Same as you. Yeah. If you were going to camp in the woods, you, do, you pick a flat spot. Deer yeah. pick a flat spot to be on. Now, it doesn't take a very big one for a deer bed yeah, to fit could, on it. Yeah, it could just be like a root ball. Oh, yeah, or even yeah. where a root ball fell over, and yep. now there's this ancient like hump and they'll lay on that little hump that's been there forever. Yep. Now, one of the things too, is that as you circle, I've had, say I'm going up the hill and the buck's going up the hill and it looks like he's going to lay down and we've come to a little thicker area. So it looks like he could park and he's acting like it. He's stopping and and doing fours, right? Four tracks. He stands there and looks around and then steps off those and, and, just you know does a little 90 and works his way up his his steps get closer together and he's giving you the signs he's going to park yeah i've had a couple times where the wind is quartering downhill ish from like say right to left now i want to go on the downwind i want to hook the downwind side whenever possible if i'm going to hook a deer if i'm going to swing around i want to go on the downwind side so it'll minimize me being upwind from him and spooking him back down the direction he came a lot of deer will feel really good about going back where they just were because there was no danger there. Well, I've had a few times where I start hooking and the only good way to hook is upwind. And I've started around upwind just a little bit and start like a half circle. And before I think they might smell me cut directly into it or come right up the track and do my best. When you hook, when you when you hook, you're 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 not knowing how far to hook, you're not knowing how wide to hook, and you don't know how fast to go. So you just start hooking and swinging around. And I've had a few of them where I went almost completely around them, a yeah. whole 
280 degrees, right? I've been almost yeah. If you can if you can around. move quietly and you're far enough out, you can end up cutting right around them. And- yeah, and now I and if especially if they just happen to not smell you, you hook all the way around them, and now I'm closing the circle, and I'm saying I'm screwed. Usually, when you you're closing the circle from like 280 degrees to the 360, that last 90 degrees of that circle, it's usually too late by then. They've either exploded back down the track where they came in, yeah, or they've jumped over your track away from you depending on how big the circle is and what the wind is doing right yeah now if it takes you an hour to swing and you jumped them out in the first 30 seconds or the first minute and a half yeah you or even the first 10 minutes you've now wasted 50 minutes figuring out that you've already screwed it up and now he's got a whole 50 minute jump on you Mm -hmm. now that's really not the end of the world because most of the time they just jump off and go somewhere and it's no big deal yeah unless they've really smelt you good or you busted them previously, and now you're catching up to them, I get the second or the third time. Now they're going to be wild. Now he's not going to look back. Now he's going to take an hour and a half, two hours, and just go. Yeah. And the big ones won't stop. And the vast majority of them, especially pre-rut, they they won't even look back. They'll forget about you and just go to wandering and rutting like they have been right along. Zombie walking, right? They just yep. they keep walking mile after mile through the garbage where there's no does, no food, no reason, no rhyme to what they're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm hunting with Tracy, and he's a new hunter, and he's learning, and we're 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 following this buck. We named him Crazy Ivan, right? Because this buck would go a ways and then pull off to the side and look back and like check and listen and then go back to his normal routine yeah you know he would pull a crazy eye every so often an experienced and being chased kind of buck right now a we've paranoid had kind of we've had snow up here really bad for the last couple seasons yeah you know there's been a lot of snow early and it's it's yeah. lasted most of the season so these bucks have been chased like crazy oops sorry that was i meant to lay down that play one. the right card dude so of course, no big deal. No, here we are with bucks that have been chased a lot, not only by humans with snow, but also the dogs have been chasing. Oh yeah, them. coyotes have coyotes been, have been chasing ridiculous like crazy. this year. And the deer's super jumpy and you know, they're they're doing what deer do and he's he's learned this let's look back and make sure everything's cool all the time. Well, it's essential. Yeah. And of course, if they keep doing a crazy Ivan or they come walking back on you, right walking back on their track looking especially after you jumped them a couple three four times and they're curious about you and they want to see you that usually kills them you know because you're going to catch them looking back at you and especially if you can start predicting where they where and when they will do that and if you take the time to look at this where binoculars come right into it when you're really picking the track over and he he's going through some thick cover to get rid of you running across the open and stopping in the thick cover on the far side watching waiting for you to break out into the open and if you don't do that and you're taking your binoculars and you're looking across the cut and you pick him out in the woods on the other side and say oh there he is right there and you he's know looking. you know what would be kind of cool is like your like the movie special ops uh binocular goggle things that fold down <laughs> you know what i mean you stand there and you just go click and you slide them down and then you look through the woods and you lift them back up like that would get caught on every stick and branch everywhere but mm-hmm. that you almost need that to be able to go from your vision to binoculars like 
seamlessly. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Like, you have glasses that you like tap the side. Just and get a can... tricorder right out of Star Trek yeah. and go wee 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 wee. Yeah. No, he's right over there. Yeah. No, yeah. no, deer no. meter. That's no fun. That's no fun. I'm just well. I'm just. It would be cool. It would be cool if you're, <laughs> yeah, Iron Man and you can fly after him. Yeah, but that we ain't doing that either. No. I gotta eat that pile too. Yeah, you need too bad, bud. Jeez, thanks a lot. Here's two nines for you, in case you wanted those yeah, as well. How about dang. three, actually? Oh, thanks. So put a fourth one on and get rid of them all. Nah, you just have those. The yeah. that some of the comments have been wonderful, and we're so glad that everybody has so much to say, and, hey. and we appreciate it. Yeah, it's been nuts. Yeah, it's been really good. Actually, here, yeah, I have an email. This email actually came in a little while ago, but Dakota Holmquist, uh, the podcast, he sent an email to the podcast email. Mm-hmm. Hello, Mountain Deer team. My name is Dakota, and I live in the mountains of Bethel, Maine. Hello. First, let me start off by saying I'm a big fan and love the podcast and videos that you guys put out on a regular basis. My question for you guys is somewhat of a situational question. What would you do if you walked up to a group of does bedded down during midday, and they have no idea that you are there? I had this happen to me. I was trying to find a track in the dusting of snow we got the night before. We had a high wind, so walking around was very quiet and easy. I came to this knobby, thick, soft wood crap. You know, the type of stuff Cocoa Puff Puff loves to go through. (laughs) LOL. And there are a group of does just laying there. I had the wind blowing in my face and the does in front of me. So my question is, with the wind right so they don't smell you, what would you do in that situation? I'm going to tough it out and sit there. I'm going to watch them babies. Them them are like, you know, especially if it's later, mid mid to late November, definitely sit on them things. There's no reason not to sit down and watch what goes on. How many times have you sat there and watched a deer? And you sat there and sat there, and then all of a sudden noticed there was four. There wasn't just one, right? And if all of a sudden there's a big racker that's just laying in a spot where you can't see them, it happens all the time with moose. You know, you'll be watching this one cow, and you'll say, oh, look, there's a cow. And then then all of a sudden there's another one, and then over here, holy smokes, I didn't see that. And there's another one. And then, then Mr. <laughs> Big comes walking in yeah. and there it is, you mm-hmm. know, right? So actually that's when we filmed those two uh, smaller bulls sparring. That's what happened. It yeah. was, oh, there's a moose. Oh, there's another moose. And you're like, okay, cool. And we had the same, we had the same situation, but it was moose and not deer. Yes. And it was just like wind in your face and a couple small bulls. And then all of a sudden the big one had stood up and walked across and you're like, oh, and you get him rubbing his antlers and stuff. Yeah, and it was nuts. Rah, he, and he does one of them roars, you know, and he but, roars at the little bulls. But rah. the situation was there's a group of does mm-hmm. and he's looking for a track. And this is early November, not mid. Yeah. Right? So. And they're not necessarily ready. And they're just like hanging out. Right. Are I, you going to stay in there and. Watch I or? would definitely eyeball them for a while and stand there and watch and see what's just do my best to make sure. Say say you parked on them for a half an hour and everything seemed cool and it's just them and they don't know you're there. Back out. I would back right out of it and leave them alone. That spot. Mm-hmm. Especially like say I was halfway into my day or in the beginning of yeah, my he day. Said, he said it was midday. Yeah, I, I would just peek in, look at them all and leave them. And now circle them downwind side three four five hundred yards away on the downwind side circle them and see if there's a buck 
or see if their tracks go that way, especially if you have tracks. You know, I would like try and get to their tracks, especially if their tracks were downwind. If their tracks are upwind, well, there's not too much. You you don't want to bust them and move them all because while they're there and especially if it's midday, they may not go anywhere and they can continue to attract a buck. Right. Yeah. And it's it's like a, a hand of cards that's just sitting out there. It's an ace. Right. A whole bunch of does. And if you know their location and there's snow on the ground, that's an ace in the hole. Because if a buck happens to come through and check them all out, even if they leave their location and you come back later in the day, you can say, oh, here he is right here. And you'll actually know how fresh it is to boot. Yeah. So a lot of times I, I want to see the tracks of those deer without disturbing them see where they're located and if if i can check them out and even when i look at their tracks they're over there laying down and i sneak back three four hundred yards and i swing a little bit and i find their tracks and look it over and see if there's a buck and if there's no buck now just leave that alone and leave the whole scenario and go hunt somewhere else go search somewhere else and then come back and sneak back in again and see if they've they've picked up somebody yeah because that's almost it would be better than a signpost rub for attracting a buck Mm mm-hmm if they're not in heat and there's nothing going on, at least they're live decoys, you know? Yeah. And that possibility of something being tracked to them is really good, especially smaller buck. Yeah. They're more likely to run in and check them out. And if they stay undisturbed and they don't go too far, the following day they'll still be in that area. Roughly. So every day yeah. that goes by and they're undisturbed, sooner or later they're going to have somebody there that will help you out. Yeah. You know, a buck will come through. So. And it's mostly that that pocket of does has become an area that bucks will be in and out of in the future even if the does yes. aren't there right they're leaving scent they're doing all this other stuff and if it's up a spot you know they might cycle back to that area over and over looking for those does to check and see if they're in heat yet right you know so right. it's like that's a it's a great spot yeah. and and definitely give make, them a make a mental note and just hang out because if you have an you opportunity to watch a deer watch a deer because they're awesome yeah you know that's the whole point. especially if you're tracking because you know when you're moving through the woods, it's harder to get eyes on something that's not moving than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Hey guys, not a question for the podcast. Just wanted to show you guys the buck I got Saturday. Thanks again for all of what you're doing. I think it's important to get information out there and to keep hunting tradition alive. Good luck to all of you while you're here in Maine. Yeah, Jordan the pictures Scoville. are awesome. Yeah, they're really awesome. You People opened this one? Nice I didn't one. see this one. Oh, geez, that's a nice one. Yeah. That's a nice one. Oh, yeah. That's beard. a great deer. Yep. And, dude, great beard. <laughs> Coming from a guy who can't grow one, nice yeah. beard. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> I would. <laughs> You'll be Chris Kringle before you know it. Yeah. I'm not worried. Casey says it's a lot of maintenance because he, he's furry. He looks like a teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yep. There you go. Uh, I know, I know. Take a pair of kings. Yeah, oh, like that. Crap. How about no? The um Oh man. Lay one more on there and get rid of mine. No, nah, I can't. I don't want that whole <laughs> pile. <laughs> the um <sighs> the thing I'm looking forward to um in muzzleloader is the potential for deer to slow down. And a lot of times when you get late the later you are into the year, a lot of times the better hunting conditions you get. You know, like mm-hmm. I love the classic muzzleloader late November, early December weather when it's like, you know, you got a foot of snow 
and if things look really cold and windy, you know, I like, like, can winter please set in? Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I want to hunt in winter. Well, also too, you'll, they'll like, they'll put the feed bag on, you know, the bucks have been circulating so much and they're so tired. Jesus. And they're going to need to eat. They're going to really need to do some serious eating. And when they get in that feed bag mode at the end, nearing the end of November, beginning of December, and they really want to eat, they'll, they'll lay down and they'll park for a while. And then they'll get up and feed and lay back down again. You know, So that, that part of it is pretty necessary. And, and some of the nicest older deer that we've ever gotten were because of that. Oh, we, I've got something to clear the whole mess. Nice. Take Lots of, of big muzzleloader deer, and that's, that's the only thing that kind of late season that about muzzleloader is it's really hard to get the big weights, you know, because the deer mm -hmm. are still the same size, but they're run down and they're tired and they're skinnier. Yeah. That's one of the things that's difficult about muzzleloader is shooting a two hundred pounder mm -hmm. for you know states like Vermont and Maine where the muzzleloader is at the end of the entire deer season as a whole. Yeah, you know, I think like every buck in northern part of Maine and even half the moose are surviving on old man's beard. It looked that's what they're eating. They are pounding old man's beard everywhere. Any like tree, any tree that's blown over or broken off the top that's fresh, you want to like especially like dead spruce. Yeah, keep an eye are on that. Covered with that stuff. And when a dead spruce tree busts off, you know, the the trunk breaks and the whole thing lands on the ground and it's covered with that old man's beard or even a stick or a part of that tree yeah. falls off. Those animals are on that, man. Hunt blowdowns because mm -hmm. that's where they're actually. It's a right great there spot. Like if you just away. have to hang out, hanging out, those are great feed sources right now. Mm -hmm. And that's like a good spot to chill. Like if you don't want to walk any distance, or you, don't yep. wanna, or you don't have a track or any good snow. You just hang out right there. We get a big windstorm and a bunch of trees get blown over. The new blowdowns, boy, you want to watch them mm -hmm. things because they are on those. Yep. Yep. Isn't that like a draw four to you? No, you didn't do that the last two times I laid them down, so I thought maybe you didn't want to play that rule anymore. I think you're kind of cheating. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> we actually just had a comment come in right now live. But, of course, by the time you're listening to this, it won't be live. But Your laundry is done. That no, thing has right. been beeping for <laughs> nice work, Cocoa Buff. Let's have a video. Oh, I have no idea what that means, but you're great. Cocoa Buff did, did do a good job yeah, in that video. Yep. Yep. Wow, that was awesome. Let's slither over to the Instagram while Dad tries to figure out what card he's going to use. I'm going to go with nine. You would. <laughs> Crap, now I gotta pick the whole thing up. <laughs> oh. Me, 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 my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Ryan. <laughs> this is on Instagram. Love your guys' YouTube channel at Mountain Deer. I live up in central Ontario, Canada. Hello, wow. Ontario. The snow has been sparse up here, too. I really enjoyed your latest video of Cocoa Puff and the Three Bull Moose. I was wondering what rifle Coca Puff was carrying in this video. I've been thinking about switching to a stainless steel barrel rifle. It's a Remington .30-06. I don't know the model. Yeah. Right, and he's got a Leopold Variax three or Variax four. Is it no? It's a three to twelve. Three to twelve. Three to twelve or three to ten. Three to ten. No, it's three to ten. Because they do, right. He, I don't know. Yeah, he knows. I think he's three to ten. If Coco um, Puff was here, he would answer that. Yeah, he also uh, has the laminated layered stock. It's you know, really the, nice, yeah, like a really cherry. Pretty. Yeah, it's and, really and the nice. gun is like super light, 
in the it, it's a shorter it's barrel too in the rear right it's not a magnum so the, the barrel's a little shorter and uh it it holds super steady yeah like i could probably shoot that better offhand than mine. i i know i could do that yeah it's it's yeah. because that's one of the things that's like it's our steady. our seven millimeters that's the thing that's kind of a bummer about them is the weight out farther which if the gun as a whole is heavy you know that's not the end of the world you know, make me pick that whole pile. If the gun itself is not super, is light all the way around or heavy all the way around, it's easy to hold it steady. Mm-hmm. But when the end is heavy, like, cause our barrels are really long and it's like big, thick stainless steel. And it's like, you hold it in it. And after like a while, especially offhand shooting, like when you're doing target stuff, like we're at the range, it, shooting tend to pull you it, down it pulls down a little bit and it gets heavy and it, carrying it through the woods a long ways. It's a heavy gun, mm-hmm. you know? And I, we had Jimmy's, uh, gun here at camp and i picked it up when i was moving it we we're cleaning the camp here and i was like man this thing is so nice and we brought it outside and we just shouldered it and it was like this gun is awesome dude no wonder you use this he he oh, loves yeah. that gun yeah yeah it's a really it's a really oh pick that up too yeah you? i don't i don't how mean, about this one you want that one? i don't have i have a three get out of here okay. yep that is a four. but it is a nice it is a nice rifle and he he seems to really like it a lot he's also got this, this sling that like adjusts but stays like he can adjust it really easily. Like our slings suck for adjusting. You're not just going to adjust it in the woods. They like the way the clip bites into it. It's yeah. It's not great. Are you on your last cards already? I am. You did what I was doing to you. You distracted me with a two. He's about to beat me and then lay down a six. How's that? I may just win this. It's close. Ah, skip me. Yeah. You're going to pick that up. No, I'm not. How's that? I have to pick it up. So you win. I win. Damn it. <laughs> With a six. I know you beat me. That was a, that's a, that's shameful. When when we got this camp, um, I'm gonna get this up so you, you can read it. If if uh, if Hal comes back as a deer. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's a bummer, Hal. <laughs> we we actually like that's not our coffee cup. No, that was just here. It was here. <laughs> so Hal, that. Sorry, Hal. Sorry, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> when we, I picked that coffee cup up for the first time, and we I laughed saw hysterically. That, we laughed about that. That's quite the joke. Yeah, really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I love that. That's another thing is like uh, we need to get them on the podcast here because mm-hmm. we, you've been on theirs. We need them on right. over here. Oh yeah. Call those boys. Yeah. I wonder how their season going. Hope you guys. Hope the big woods bucks guys are getting it done. Hal got a nice deer. Yep. Um, that was a beauty. I don't know if any of the other guys big, have gone. Big, heavy chest on it. You know, the nice body one. was just You can tell gorgeous. he's run down, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back he, end. Oh, yeah. It's definitely. a 200, but his back end was run right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 And Timmy, boy, he's been laying him down. I think he's at three now. I don't know. Yeah, he's getting, like, three you, big bucks this you keep year, up so he's on doing the, really good. on that stuff better than I do. Yeah. I I haven't in a lot of ways. Um, I, I give it, like, a five-minute look, you know. And when we're doing videos or whatever. Yeah, at the end of the day or something, and... I, I'm really not, haven't been into know, most just, of our stuff except just trying to film. And we've been kind of working with them, new cameras, and we've got yep. a, like that kind of big special we're working on. We're trying to get yep. done, and we just got two or three. We, we got lots of things we're doing, and I know it seems sometimes like we ain't getting much done, but we actually so are. Much, we're doing it's pretty so good. much work, like, and we've had a lot going on personally too so yeah like you can only you can only do so much rodney's like i'm only a man <laughs> but i've also been waiting for muzzle 
You have. Well, you just don't want. Have to, I not? You. I think that you've been putting in half effort this whole time, so that way you can shoot a deer with your muzzleloader. Cause, dude, just take your mu. You can de- right in the. You can always use a lesser implement. Isn't that the case? Yeah, I, I could have got the muzzleloader out you sooner. You could have just been carrying help, but... it this whole time. <laughs> no, but I love lightning too. Yeah, I, I love my gun, gun and. When I every year when I say, "Well, you're all done," and I set her down on the last <laughs> right, last night Saturday night, right? I I set the gun down and I do it very gently and slowly, and I I say to my gun, "I'm sorry, goodbye, it's over. old friend, right? Yeah. It's over. You will kill no more for this year, well, unless you move to another state, right? You know, you just go down to like." Because New York, New York goes a lot later. Well, than, even New Hampshire. I mean, if we score tomorrow and I go to New Hampshire and leave you guys here, just feel free. <laughs> I go wouldn't, ahead. I wouldn't do that to you. That's fine. Right? <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, son. I have to leave you. I don't want to set my rifle down. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks, Dad. <laughs> but uh, Casey's on his way tomorrow, Monday the 30th. Um, Coco Puff is still roaming around Vermont getting some things tied up over there. Not sure if he's going to be back over here this way. But because our plan so far is to, we'll finish out muzzleloader in Maine and then we'll probably go muzzleloader Vermont. I have one extra, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. As long as we're even. Is that what we, is that kind of what yeah, you're thinking? I'd, I'd like to muzzleloader hunt Maine and then, then when you have to go home and do the doe killing. We'll go home to Vermont and you can do ki- our... You can kill a buck with your muzzleloader in yeah, Vermont. I could do that too, but, you know, or, or shoot a couple there, but I'd, I'd just soon, like, get, get, a, doe. get a doe. Do I your mean, doe. Yeah, do my doe. Do your conservationist right. duty. I mean, that's that's what I'd do, and, and by then I'll be ready to eat deer meat because we ain't been eating that much this year. We've Be- been eating Ryan's. Yeah, we've been eating beer. A whole 36 yeah. pounds of meat from that buck. <laughs> that's not a joke. Yeah. By the time he had it all processed up, 36 pounds. Yeah. But it was some of the nicest stuff you've ever had. No, it was awesome. Oh, so good. Yeah. And we we demolished that jerky. It we was put good. a dent on that for sure. Yep. You're first, buddy, so just okay. let it rip. I'm looking forward to muzzle. I don't I honestly don't have that that much experience muzzle load and you've never all really of the deer, liked muzzle loaders. Not really, because so far all the deer like I I got serious about it two seasons ago right right and the rest of the time i like because i went through school when i was hunting i would only ever do rifle i would take deer season to do rifle mm-hmm. in maine you'd, you I, didn't I'd you didn't little, get to hunt forever like me anyway I, yeah you were working. but now now we get to hunt a lot so it's right. like and you're into it so let's just go do muzzle like we're in it let's mm-hmm. go do it and my first muzzle season out there coco puff and i were hunting together down um down by the shop in Northfield on, on your edge yep. of your property. And, and there was a nice buck tending a doe. Nice one. Like it was a six or an eight or something like that. It ended up a guy, a neighbor yeah. ended up shooting it later. Yeah. It was a seven pointer. one yeah. seventy yeah. one seventy three. Nice buck. And of course, which for our, for our, our property, our land, yeah. that's a really good Northfield. Buck. That's a good deer. Yeah. And we, uh, Jimmy and I both, I think we shot three rounds at that buck before the end of the day. We missed him by a mile. Like, and like, it's like crosshairs are right on and I go, pow. Nothing moves. And he keeps walking and he doesn't move. And I'm like, 
what just happened right and like of course like i'm super right green and i'm all excited about that i'm leaving i'm listening to you guys shoot over there and it sounds like valley Forge, off in the distance right and i'm like well the caribbean something should be dead by now you think so you guys are both real good shots and there's no reason for something to not be at least you know hair flying somewhere and there was none of shooting through some whips and stuff but it wasn't nearly as bad as up here and there really wasn't too much of an excuse <laughs> it was just like he was i think he just happened he was farther outside our judge of distance at that time you know we're both excited it's the first good buck we saw all season yeah i skipped you yeah it's the I first buck play. first good buck we saw all season so him and i are ramped and we're not judging the distance right and we both fall short like dramatically oh, underneath him yeah. like fall fall short quite a ways sure and we were just, we were wound right up. And of course, after that, I get back to the house. I'm like, muzzleloader sucks. Right? And I sat in there. I was like, that was my rifle. I'd have killed that thing. Right? Dad's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're good, you can do it with a muzzleloader. And I'm like, welcome to yeah. the world of muzzleloader. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's been, it's yeah. been interesting that, but of course, you know, new guns, it always adds a little bit of excitement and a rejuvenation to something that's getting stale. Yes. You know, when you like, you bring something new into something that you do all the time like the bringing into the cameras and starting to do video rejuvenated the deer hunting in a way sure and when you bring somebody new to camp it brings in some energy right or somebody that it can't come the first week they end up coming the second week and hunt with you you know they bring their energy along and it like gives you another boost and i think that i think that you've gotten that second wind from your new woodsman arms i can't wait to put it to work it's gonna uh, be exciting the thing was you know really accurate and was working good and and i would expect it to really be able to kill things and that's the plan we'll see least, uh, let's you gotta clear you, that out you gotta get close to them yeah that'll be the next trick is to just to get the distance a little better even though um really the Ooh, too uh, slow too slow bugger <laughs> um, in that case we'll skip you and then i'll pick them up <laughs> you just made yourself pick I all those cards up. I just made myself pick the cards up. I didn't there, have, have a choice. Up. There you go. Oh, hey. gee, thanks. You're welcome. Well, I can skip myself and then pick up two eights. <laughs> that's, that's just stupid. Hey, now, you're the now one. I got to pick up the queens. Why don't you just give me all your cards? I and can I'll just pick hey, them all I'll, up. I'll, I'll take it. It's like candy from a baby, man. Good man, I'm getting annihilated here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the new the new folks coming to camp and really we wanted to make it so everybody could kind of come and we wanted to do and show things that nobody else is doing and we're trying to break ground here a little bit and in a in a sense in a sense you know to go where most people don't go and and talk about stuff that needs talking about and go places and we wanted it to make it so like you were comfortable and you could come with us and and you could see what it's like and have some fun yep and um, make everything a little easier and better yeah and you know you may not find a pair of sevens there for this you. very interesting but then again you might and it's mostly because we like doing it it is fun it is fun oh, and sure. the podcasting was that that we got extremely like you know wow you just, <laughs> you just hang on oh, oh. So, you can't skip me like that <laughs> no you're a cheater i There's, did you Your did five not, did I la- not I, hit the ground. I laid the two down, dog. Right, and I laid down four fours on top of it, and I can do that. First of all, don't you scream at me. And, and no, you can't. And the four no, fours clear have, the whole pile. Hang on, guys. I have to sort out this cheater. You can't do that. <laughs> Unless I lay down a four, right? Cocoa Puff would tell you to 
Get out of here. All right. I don't care. You're going to pay either way. Just do whatever you're going to do. Go ahead. Okay, are you done? Yeah, I am. Right. <laughs> There's one thing you guys don't know about Rodney Elmer is he is a fair man in all aspects of life. And he's all about doing things the right way. Did you just have to pick? And yeah, and he is all about following the rules and the law and upholding the common good, except for cards. He is an unlawful pirate, and he doesn't care who he hurts. He will just take you down. He will cheat, and he will try to get away with everything. So, at cards at cards <laughs> nothing else he and he doesn't allow that behavior from his children anywhere else and except for cards you guys could always cheat at cards and we always <laughs> like after a while if you play enough cards cards are boring so everybody like, cheats it makes it fair everybody right? cheats and you cheat in any way that you can <laughs> this is and if somebody notices you well you know then you're gonna have to take it back but if you can cheat <laughs> and, and get away with and it get away with it and play outside the rules no problem at if cards. you get away from it and as long as everybody knows up front that you can cheat so we cheat just as yeah, much but you as didn't, we can. You didn't just try to let me know. You didn't say I could cheat. I'm sure if I did something like that right now, you'd call me out laying fours Why? on What it. did I do? Nothing. I was referring to oh, what I was last just... move? Yeah, the blatant <laughs> slap in the face that was that last move. I can't believe you. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. No, I know you're not. <laughs> hey, I'm going to skip you if that's cool. Yeah, whatever. You're known for that. Yeah. Take a king. See how you like that. How about you? What do, they, what do you call this game? Uh, is it pyramid? It, it's or? either pyramid or palace. palace. Casey and uh, his wife Haley they learned this game from her family, and they taught it to us, and it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. Um, how about a whole pile for you? Nah, man, clear oh. it. Yeah, I got you. The uh, is one of the things that oh, that's a Joker. I just flipped over a Rodney. Ouch! <laughs> you just There's got a whole handful. Right, How right, you cool, like that? Cool. All right. One of the things that um, one of the videos I would really like to do is I would like to do a video. Um, I would like to do a video about learning something new. Whatever it is, I like. I would love to learn something new and do something new that none of us have ever done in the hunting world. Right? Not necessarily like this new groundbreaking thing because i like to learn things with people at the same time and you know show the us learning process because what that does is it also does the shortcuts around because you it's not just that you can learn a lot from somebody who knows a lot you can also learn a lot from somebody who is currently making mistakes and telling you about them so you don't have to make them as well mm -hmm. you know oh yeah yeah when the guy gets a transmission on his thumb Right, you say, "Oh, don't do that." Yeah, and he says, <laughs> right. "Put this jack right here, otherwise your car will fall." Like, you right. know what I mean? Like that—that right. that yeah. kind of stuff. And I—I mm -hmm. I always liked—I always liked learning with people at the same time. And that was probably something you did when we were kids. Oh, you know, because definitely. you taught us all something at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or you would teach one something, and then he could help you instruct the other two. Yeah. Or the A other lot three. of times, I would just you know show Ryan something, and then you two would just be in on it or I'd yep. show Casey something and then he would get the the other two of you to get lined up and get going. Was it Casey or Ryan that started hunting first? Because even though Ryan's a year older than Casey, which one actually went out in the woods with oh, you? Oh, Ryan. Was Ryan, it Ryan? Ryan went first. Oh, by far. Was it squirrel hunting? You took him out squirrel hunting? Yep. 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 Red squirrels took it hard. 
<laughs> yeah, and and of course we had those red red pines. Um, yeah, we had probably eight or ten acres of those red pines all planted, and uh, it was loaded with them uh, Norway spruce with them huge pine cones. So yep. the squirrels would make these four foot mounds of pine cones, <laughs> right? And they would sit on this giant pine cone mound that was literally eighteen inches thick. Yeah, down in the woods, and they would. The squirrels would climb the trees, cut all the cones off, and then throw them on the ground and then pick them all up later. So they cut them all and throw them down and then gather them all onto this giant mound and then feed on that most of the winter and fight over it and everything else. So we'd just go down and sit on a mound, and uh, you kids would clean up on the squirrels. They would take it hard. I remember getting my first squirrel. I was very excited. I was down. I had a 22 and I was down across from where the shop is now. Um, and dad's like, yeah, go ahead. You can, you can go do it. And you were uphill with Casey. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys were, I think you were hunting for something. Was it still squirrels or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah. then I went down, right. I'm all, all alone. I'm with... going to go down there. Yep. And it was my first, <laughs> my first like outing. My, I'm a real hunter. Got a real I've gun. Got, I've got a 22. I can kill something. All by myself. I'm walking around with my cannon. <laughs> Because a twenty-two was a cannon when at a whatever kid. age I was at. I don't really right. remember. I must yeah, have been must have nine or ten. Yeah, and of course, you know, you had I you had taught me how to shoot and how to be safe, and I went through all of my checklists. And I'm very conscious of holding my gun right. And I get down there and I wait for him to get in front of the tree, nice and low, good backdrop and everything, right? right. And I pow, and I shoot, and the squirrel flops over. And I go and I pick it up by the tail, right? And, and it was, I was a little rough on him with that first shot. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I pick it up by the tail and I'm like, yes. And I look around and there's no one around. And I'm like, I have to shoot. Right. So I, I, I set him down and my gun's, my gun's all unloaded. Right. And I grab him and I'm holding him out because you're like, they're covered in fleas. Yeah. Right. So, so I've got don't the squirrel. Hug your squirrel I've right? got the squirrel out like <laughs> an arm's length away from me. And I'm running up through the woods going, dang. <laughs> I like screaming my head off. The the transition into hunting was it was exciting and you know that it was it was at the it was just the right age, man. It was so good and the it was easy and the leveling up slowly. Well Casey Casey you know? says to me, he can hear you down there, right? And he looks at me and says, Sounds like he got one <laughs> <laughs> and you're down there. And of course Casey yeah. had leveled up past squirrels long ago. Right. right? He's, he's like a successful yeah, rabbit hunter. You got a squirrel. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, though it was yeah. a big deal to you. <laughs> yeah. And and actually that that brings up something we were talking about is it wasn't very long and we had mastered squirrel hunting, right? We had the mm-hmm. calls and all that stuff. We knew we, you know, squirrels are a pretty easy animal to hunt mm-hmm. compared to some of your more, much more on it animals. Only squirrels, seven. You start shooting squirrels a lot and cause them a lot of problems and they've got their eyes on you. You'll hear way off and then right. they'll be quiet and they'll yeah, like, oh, yeah. they, you can teach, they're like crows. They will learn really fast, but yeah. hunting and killing them is not difficult. In any way, it's like almost level one, almost. It's like maybe two, right? When you get really good at something. Especially red squirrels. Yeah. yeah, If you get really good at something, it's time to level up. You know, it's time to turn up the heat a little bit and, you know, either take up a new way of doing it or do something different because it's important that we seek out challenge. Well, we're getting it this year. Well, yeah, but 2020 like, has been a challenge it ha- for everybody. It has. It has, but it, that's good. 
Yeah. It's good to have challenge. Like if you if you go out in the woods and you shoot a 200 pounder every year in that area, it's like dude, it's time to it's time to level up. You know what I mean? It's time to move forward in your hunting progression. You know, it kind of is. The bar is up there pretty good. It is. It, and and truthfully, um because each deer is a unique experience. They really are. And oh, each sure. deer is unique in itself. And how it all goes down is unique mm-hmm. every time. And that's one of the things that sets it apart from, say, turkey hunting sometimes, you know, where a 20 pound, 20 pound bird with a one, you know, inch spurs and the eight inch beard, and like you could shoot a hundred of well, them. Well, I'm sure that, the, I'm sure the argument can be made the same way for trophy hunting for turkeys or, right, mm-hmm. and trying to, to get like, in that sense, trophy hunting as in like the progression of bigger, better, more. Mm-hmm. can be made for deer as well. The same argument where, oh, you know, you can get longer spurs, older birds, bigger beards, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're shooting turkeys nonstop and it's easy for you and you can just go out and do it and you could do it anytime, how long do you have to stay at level one? They make the desks really small for first grade so you won't stay there a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, in a lot of ways, yes. And, yes. and I think that the this year being a difficult year is good Mm -hmm. and it might beat you down a little bit mentally, right? It's, it's frustrating. It's difficult. And I know a lot of people are feeling the same thing and I'm definitely starting to feel it right. Mm -hmm. The not seeing deer and all this, it makes it hard, but by the same token, it will turn you into a really good hunter. Mm -hmm. It will turn you into something. You know, this is like the gauntlet. This is the gate. This is the next, this is the threshold for you becoming a better hunter or for you to turn around and go home and quit. Yeah. We were talking about that. It is. Like, if you're doing it consecutively and it's easy, are you doing it just because? We get in this habit. We're human beings, right? That's what we do. We we get in the habit of of just kind of doing the same things all the time. And, and, And it's not that you don't, truly love what you got going on because you very well may. Yeah. And the experiences you choose to make and do are yours. And I suppose you can love them as much, but like for me, I want to progress and it was a progression to go to another state and hunt. It was a progression to shoot bigger deer or, or, you know, to work on harder, older deer or to be a little fussy about what was what. There's also, you know, and I'm not sure always what the next step will be after that. The the wanting to photograph it and to do it in the hardest possible places and still be able to pull it off and then be able to shoot a older deer that everybody's already trained that's in the middle of public land everywhere you can. I mean, we we've, yeah. we've stacked this deck of this deck of cards against ourselves so much because we want to become more because of it. Yes. Yeah. And and it makes something of you. Well, not to, to mention, especially it. like in your brain, it really does. Yeah. Because this Maine or even New England, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, New York, those those three states, even New York, hmm. or parts of New York, where there's hardly any deer, and you have to work really hard to get one, and especially like in in Maine, where the the deer density is so low, there are so few, there are so educated. And there's so many square miles of nothing. And when you actually see a deer, you're like, oh, my God. 
Yeah. Now you've got to find something big and old in the middle of, oh my God. Mm. And then you've got to try and shoot it and get it on film. And it's not a backcountry way out in the boondocks to get away from everybody deer. It's a deer right where everybody hunts, right? That gets pounded the most and the hardest yeah. and the heaviest. And they've got their head down the most. Mm -hmm. And he, to us, he's the super trophy. And yeah, like we feel super good about getting something like that. You know, the celebration of everybody at the grunt buck, right? Mm -hmm. That wasn't just a celebration of 120, 25 inch deer. And, you know, and getting the deer because the deer is not really a super prize, even though it is a coveted trophy. A 200 pounder in New England is just that's it a is. deer. It's that's, the that's, col that's the culture trophy. around here is weight. Absolutely, that's the culture, right? And and that's okay, but it's a celebration of getting the whole thing and getting it all on yeah. film and making it all happen and have it all go down the way you call it as you go. Now yeah. that is really rare for things to happen that way. I mean, that is a gold nugget in a giant mountain of stone and you happen to walk up to that huge mountain of stone and stick your hand in and pull out, and a, gold pull bar. out a gold bar that's <laughs> yeah. really you got yeah. a nugget right there oh yeah for sure and and you know it this would be really hard for people that might live in tennessee or or georgia yeah. to understand or in pennsylvania and ohio or in places where there's deer every you know 24 Four deer per and where square the, mile, you know. But the hunters are number crazy, and it's hard to get a spot on public land and all that stuff. Like oh the, yeah. But the way, yeah, what you're saying is the way we do it and the culture behind it and how you have to go about it is this this land, right? Which we want to talk about a lot more. This land beats you down like nothing else. It's yeah. like the Sahara Desert of hunting, literally. Yeah. And y your your spirit gets beat up. You get super just worn out from trying and from trying to keep your spirits up, trying to make sense of so much that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for that buck to be doing what he's doing. And you're following him through the woods. Yeah. I got Tracy with me, right? He's been hunting three days, right? And he that's went through my hunter that's, safety that's course. That's almost right? brutal. And we got, a, we got a great video of him. Yeah. And him and I are going along, and he's asking me these perfectly pertinent questions to someone who uh, really doesn't think about hunting that much, has never hunted that much. He's an adult onset hunter yeah so he's up there a little just bit. a just a quick little Life backstory experience. about tracy tracy is someone we met in southern maine who uh doesn't come from a hunting background at all like you know the the family and the dynamic culture was the you don't hurt the furry creatures of the woods mm -hmm. and the you know he was a producer for mtv and living in la and australia and all this other stuff like he's he is like almost like a country city boy right and he's finally starting to like come back and really wants to get into the the hunting and connecting and part of that was the stuff he got from hanging out with us because he know, wants to eat tracy's it. one of my yep. best friends and and you know getting getting into hang out and becoming the self-sufficiency and the mm -hmm. connecting with the other than human intelligence part of hunting is what he really like loves attracting and, and having an opportunity to go out into the woods this year because he, he was here in 2017 for only a few days but now he had a week to come up and stay at camp with us and you know you took him out and you know really showed him the ropes well, so did casey you know yeah. and and we we had a great time and uh ryan he spent quite a bit of time with with beaver too and um, he got to see our three different hunting styles, yeah. how we kind of go about doing yeah. things. In Your the twist on the tracking yeah. style. Yeah, he does. And, and while we're going along, he's like, 
Why here? Why is that deer walking through here? The rabbit jail. Now, of course, when you go into the woods with somebody else, they can explain to you what they see. Because yep. they see things and, and notice things and uh, put opinions to things that are different from yours. Yeah. And you can explain it to each other as you're going. And he's like, of all the woods I've been in, and I've been in just about all of it, why here? Why is he walking through this muck? And and he's a pretty big guy, right? Oh, yeah. And, Tracy's and, like like 6'2", six 6'4". Six and all that, somewhere in there. all that snow we've been getting and water has turned into muck in the woods. Oh, yeah. And there's a few places you need good rubber boots. <laughs> and he goes right to the top of his boots. And he's saying to himself, good Lord, my boot is not going to come out. <laughs> and he and, can't pull his foot out of the mud. No. He's like going to eat him alive. And, <laughs> like and quick literally, <laughs> I can't hop in the mud to help him get out of it. And he's holding on to an alder, right? And he's like, what the hell is this? And why am I following this deer yeah. through this godforsaken swamp of sadness yeah. that just seems to go on and on forever? And why would I want to do this? And I said, well, he's going to come out. Eventually. He went through this garbage to make sure nobody's following him. And he's on the other side. Little does he know we're crazy enough to get him. That's right. And yeah. he's not going to stay in here. He's coming out. Yep. Right? He's going to come out. Yep. He may go out and go right back in, but we're going we're gonna to play that game out. a little bit. Yeah. And, of course, he's a, a willing student. And he says, well, just take me to it. Let's just do it. Show so me. we go out through there. And we... we the barrier of entry, right? Donnie Vincent's always talking about the barrier of entry. Well, this was a barrier of entry, right? For sure. That muck is up to his knees just about. And and he's trying to stay dry. And he knows, let's be careful and yep. careful where you step. And, and we're a ways and out. So we're we're hopping and scotching across the swamp and the <laughs> kind of muskeg moss, sink out of sight at any moment, hope you hit a stick when you put your foot down kind of thing. Yeah, cross right? your fingers, you don't right? go up to your neck. And, and we, we get through the beaver alders and twist and contort our bodies through all this garbage and then bust out in on some good solid ground and he's like man is that nice to be out of that stuff yeah and i said well see the deer's track right here he just said the same thing he went through all that got his knees all mud he comes out on this side and he kind of shakes off and then he stands there for a minute and even he is standing here appreciating coming through that stuff just like you are and see he just did it right over there five feet away yeah. Right. <laughs> and that was like a. And you can see this on the ground. Right? Yep. You can see, oh, there, I got through that stuff. Yep. We, we followed the buck for a short ways. And this was with two different bucks. And one hates the first, the, the second bigger buck hates the first buck and yep. doesn't like him. They split up when they go through the swamp. But when they come back on the, the dry, good ground, and the big one is a little more fussy about where he crossed, and the other yeah. one crossed about 100 yards up. Yep. And it, the the other smaller bucks track disappears out into the crap, and we're sticking with the big one. Well, of course, what do they do when they get on the other side of the swamp? They get right back together again. Mm -hmm. And now our buck, as he steps away from that spot where he was like, oh, I'm out of the crap, he starts cowboy walking. And he's walking real stiff-legged, and he's dragging his toes in about a quarter inch of snow. And I said to Tracy, I said, what do you think about the track? Because he's looking at where the buck relaxed. And then the buck walks about 10, 12 steps. And then he starts cowboy walking. And he's dragging his hooves up through the woods. Now, we came across the swamp grunting. And we're thinking, well, maybe he heard us. Yeah. Just look at the way he's walking. Now, I see all this. And I said to him, so what are you, what are you looking at here? 
And he looks at it and he said, boy, he's really dragging his feet now. He didn't do that on the other side of the swamp. And I said, see his attitude just changed. See, see how he walks and, and how now he's like strutting and he's like a shark. Got some he's swag. like, yeah, he's walking slow mo and he's coming up through there. Now there's either two things. That other buck is close by and he's putting on a show for him or he heard us coming and, and us grunting and you. he's putting on a show for yeah. us. So we need to be very careful right here. This says mind oh, your yeah. manners. Oh yeah. Right? Now we're standing at where we came out of the swamp and we haven't even begun to walk out into that good sec section of woods where it's reasonable walking and you can actually see <laughs> where you can like yeah, you freedom. can see 35, 40 yards. Yeah. I mean, that's nice woods compared to the 15-foot stuff we just <laughs> came through. So we get out in there, and, and the buck's swagging, and he's walking out through. And then the buck does a real slow hook to the side. And I said, oh, it's not us. See how he does a hook, but he doesn't hook hook. He just does a J and extends into a C. And he's going, and he's going, but he's turning back towards the mm -hmm. swamp, and that means it's the other buck. Yeah, we didn't go and we're, we're seeing this after only walking 30, 40 feet and we're looking out 25, 30, 40 yards in front of us. We can see his track swing to the side and we look at the terrain and I said, oh, it's that other buck. It's not us. That's my guess. Let's go see. So we real easy swing that little bit of a swing. And sure enough, he's right back on that other buck. So like you're, you're going to have times like that when you learn and you pick up things. And, and he was. He's like, well, that makes sense. This is making total sense. Yeah. But then when we go up through this giant bunch of garbage poles that go on for a quarter and then a half a mile and then three quarters of a mile of yeah. slash that you can only see 20, 15, 20 feet in. Yeah. And he's going through that. And it's like, why is he doing this? It's, it just, it isn't even spruce trees. It's just <laughs> the sticks. Like and, a comb. And, right, and and we sound like you know a couple of D eight dozers coming up through there, making Snapping all kinds man. of racket, you oh, know. Yeah. And he's like, "We're never going to get a shot in here." I said, "You're right. We're never going to get a shot in here." And that's why he came through here. But but he's going to come out. Yes, he will. And he's not going to stay. In and here. when he does come out, now game's on. That's right. So and, we're gonna. And if he comes out on his own, we're going to be yeah, careful be, when we get just done. Just because he's in the nasty stuff doesn't mean he's not in the good stuff. Looking back at you, you mm -hmm. still want to go easy. It, it, I had a flashback of taking you guys out when you were little, right? Because I would be discussing transitions all the time. Oh, yeah. see the terrain's changing. Go slow go over this. Go slow. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Look. Don't yeah. step out there. Go easy. Terrain change transition transition and he's like i'm trying to learn your terminology right? <laughs> now you wouldn't have said that to me when you were 10 years old you wouldn't have said dad i need to know your lingo i right? <laughs> i would have grown i grew up with the lingo you did a little bit more yeah and you had heard it through the stories yes and, and that's an important that's why deer deer stories are so important to trackers yeah especially what did the deer do i'm already imagining by your story what, what happened and how like it transmission yeah. how it transitioned from one thing to the next yes and did he break right downwind or up and over mm -hmm. you know and i'll ask questions that are super pertinent and then the guy who's telling the story goes uh. <laughs> <laughs> his, his eyes light up and he's like oh i see what you're oh good point right and when you start developing the patterns and the flow to yeah. what it's going to happen. Now I can better predict what's going on. That's right. And that's the only difference between the apprentice and the journeyman, right? The the starter and the guy who really knows what he's doing is that I can figure out the mistakes. 
well, the, and fix him. The master has master. made more mistakes than the student has tried. And, is and we same. notice them ahead of time. You know, because you've yeah. done that, you know, that's one of the things that, like, you know all of this because you've messed it up a time or two ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go there. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm about to win. Oh, Just like, you better you know. not. Yeah. And you <laughs> can't clear it. I'm about to win. Just to let you know. Oh we'll we'll crap! We'll see about that. That's game, buddy. Oh. Yeah, got oh, you, man. got you. And so you I had nothing anyway, hardly. Yeah, and I think loser has to shuffle and deal, but I I'll yeah. take it from you this time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I I think that if you're gonna do anything, I think making it hard for yourself is not the end of the world. Because a lot, like a lot of people, mm. are like you guys are crazy. Like you're crazy. Like I would never do that. Logically. If you think about it, going in one of the hardest places to get it done, right? Doing it in the hardest way possible with almost no technology advantage other than like Google Maps, GPS, right? Radio. That's it. That's about it. That's it. We use almost no technology at all. No cameras, no scouting in advance. Don't That's drive right. up here and look around preseason. Nope. Everything's during the season where millions of people already go. Yep. And it's completely off the cuff, which makes it difficult. Yes. And you're, now you're doing, it would be difficult enough in a state with a good deer density mm-hmm. and lower or lower pressured deer, right. but high pressured small population and then you add all of those things plus you add the element of time as well and they're like why would you do that because mathematically it and even just saying deer hunting it doesn't make sense to do that mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense you're like your odds of getting a deer are so low why are you doing that you say because the challenge makes it worth it it does because there's something romantic and legendary about it you know, well, not it's not that. a touchdown unless you slide past the off like the defensive line and you run all the way down the field while these giant dudes are trying to pummel you, right? If you just take the ball and you run down a football field and get to the end zone, that is not a touchdown. <laughs> Playing against the kids like a Grinch, huh? right? You know what I mean? Yeah, the sack. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a classic, right? That is nobody can beat the no Grinch. child, right? No child can beat the Grinch. <laughs> well, if if it's not if that? it's not difficult and it doesn't make something of you. A lot of times it's like, at least for me, it's not worth doing it. You know, like it's nice to do something easy and get a tune-up game. You know, every now and then you got to have a confidence booster of some kind and have it go down just right or have it go down easy. But the satisfaction and almost every guy we talk to that hunts up here, every person is like the effort. And when it does come together, there's something magical about it, right? You work like we know guys that have hunted 20 years and haven't gotten a deer. 20 years, 40 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. I met a guy that was 40 years and then got his first year, right? And he messaged us and he's like, I watched your videos and I finally did it. And of course, we all lost our minds about right. that. Right. Because like, hey, we helped a guy shoot a deer, right? If any of our tips helped him at I all. I would have right, quit at 39 years, right, I think. That dude, holy crap. We're having like, after a couple of weeks, we're like, bummed we don't see a deer. This dude didn't get one for 40. We're like, wow, that dude, that dude is made of something. Holy hell. That's persistent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And- the challenge of it makes it great. And even, you know, and of course the, it's not the only reason we come up here. We come up here because of the romance for it. We come up here because of the tradition for it. We come up here because the freedom of where we are, right? The space and the ability to go where you want and no one tells you you can't. There's a magic There's, and a romance to, to truly wild. 
Yes. Like, it's I, worth, I want a wild It's deer. worth the not getting a deer or a big deer every time. Mm-hmm. It's worth the really having to try and really having to focus. And when it does, even if it's a spike horn, everybody loses their minds. Like, a you guy, can play chess in the neighborhood all weekend long, but yeah. when you sit down and you set the computer on, it's hard, it's hard, and you beat the computer on hard, it's hard, do you not feel the best about that game? Yes. That will be the game. And that's kind of why we do what we do, because it's, part of it's it. the highest level, and it's the most wildest like beauty and it's it's so meaningful it's so meaningful it is the value the value in it in the challenge i I want to value i want to value everything and and i do my best to spend all my time getting in a position to value everything and to be thankful for everything that i get and how it goes and for everything that i have and when when I walk out into that landscape and I watch that drone footage, it's pretty magical. I'm, I'm like, you know, it's a God's eye view of the world and it is so beautiful. And it's so, if, if you had to design heaven, it'd look right, a lot like this. It would look a lot like this. Now, if, if, if wildness, I, I don't know where I got it. I'm my mother or something. I don't know where, when things are wild, like Wild America, that was a TV show. Coco Puffs Wild America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I would watch uh, Marty Stouffer, I think it was, and, yep. and he would do those wildlife films and, and show uh, a bighorn sheep that he spent a month and a half in the mountains next to for a month and a half. And he finally got the footage of the thing butting heads with some other super dominant sheep. And he got the, the groundbreaking explosion of the, the rams smashing their heads together and doing their thing. And he, he got the wildlife footage that nobody else could get because he was completely committed to it. And he talked about wild places. And I grew up in farm country. Everything was a farm animal. And not that farming is bad, but it's domestic. It's not wild. It's not wild. And I would see the difference from farm to farm. I I would work at another farm and I'd see those calves that were taken from their mom and just fed milk from a pail. And then I would go home to my calves who nursed on mom and lived in the pasture with their mothers. And my calves were three times smarter than his. And I'm like, what is the matter with your calves? They're so stupid. They're just dumb. They just, they didn't, they didn't have So judgmental. I was, but I was, you know, 12, 14 years old. You were speaking the truth. Yeah. And I would look at his calves to Tony's calves and I would say, man, them things, what is the matter with them things? They'll nurse on your thumb. Why do they do that? Mine would never do that. Not in a million years. You are not my mama. And these like had never known a mama and considered humans to be their mamas. And I'm like, man, something's wrong here, <laughs> right? And I started almost like looking down on the way farming worked a lot of ways because it was so domesticated and like it tame. wasn't it was tame and it was it was different and it was almost like stupid. And then when I started really getting into and looking at and understanding wild, real wild, and I learned all about it, I'm like, well, that's the best possible way things should be. Nature herself doing her own thing was the best possible way. And then I'm like, well, how do I fit in that beautiful thing that Mm -hmm. is the best possible way? Yeah. And, you know, we need farms, right? We have to feed billions of people. Yes. And, of course, you know, now, now your age is also giving you perspective on the value of that. Oh, absolutely. Of doing it that way. Yeah. And taking over that role. And, right. you know, 
It's still husbandry. It is. Either and, way. And the world needs husbands. Either way. The world needs a husband. Yeah. Someone to love Mother and Mother Nature needs a husband. Love to cherish. Or love and cherish. A husband role. And it's when not a masculine when thing, you look at even as beautiful a wild place as this is, number one, it's public, right? It's not private, so it's less domesticated because even human beings are wild out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So they're just kind of doing they're, they're what running comes wild natural. anyway. Yes, and they're doing what comes natural to them. So you have to love the wildness and people too. Yeah. Right. And the wildness of the land. But as you stand back and you look at it, even from a, a God's eye view, and you see the human tracks. Oh my mm, God. The cutting. You see the moose tracks. You see the stumps. And you go, oh my God. Mm. And you say, well, what's the best for this? And I don't know what the best is. And I, 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 I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me, but I, I see what's going on and I go, hmm. And I wonder why yeah. things are going the way they are. Well, but, you know and it's why. it's not necessarily bad. You know why. It's not necessarily bad. The condition of the forest and the way the forest is being maintained is for one purpose and oh, one yeah. purpose only. And it's yeah. money-driven. And you know, you know that. Yes. And, and of course, that, that is the you know, part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. The using nature as a resource and not the source. But, of course, that is one of the benefits of being conscious is you have the ability to do that. Right. That's one of humans gifts was to come from something and have it continue to grant you gifts and secrets mm. and stuff. And that was, right. you know, and we're getting them, we're getting yeah. tons of them and, yeah. and it works out fine. And thank, thank you partridges. Right. Of we've course. eaten, we've eaten chicken almost you every have, night. You have been like, this has been my getting it done. <laughs> like you've been doing really well for partridges. I, I've had to reload a couple times because I've he's been chewing up the He's in the basement making bullets. I'm making videos. He's making bullets. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus, Quigley. Like, God. This giant, like, yeah, this is a good bird bullet. <laughs> I'm like, nice. <laughs> Any partridge within 80 feet had the radish. You know, 80 yards has had a, had the radish. I'll, I'll a, shoot their head or neck off, and we'll have them for supper. That was a snipe. And we, I've had some snipes here. I, yeah. I picked off a few You've of them. And really when they're good. walking around in a brush bobbing their head, and you're trying to hit them, and I'm watching that bugger, and he's going, whoa, 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 whoa. and I go, boom, and eight, seven millimeter, right? And boom, and shoot his head right off. Yeah. And then go over and pick him up. And no picking pellets. Dress him out. I don't have to pick pellets, you right? pick any and pellets. I got a big gallon Ziploc bag with me, and, and I've had only like two days where I've shot three or four. Most of it's, yeah, you're two or less. Yeah, most of the time I'm, I'm two or less every day. But Filling the bird I, I want to say I, I've shot 18 think i've shot 18 birds this year been doing with, really well. with my deer rifle just very, been doing really very well. carefully and just, you haven't boom. body blocked a single one of them no, which is haven't which is when you when you aim a little low and you end up hitting the into the breast and into the yeah it makes the partridge body when you're doing it with a rifle you got to hit them in the head or neck otherwise you'll just yeah. it's a waste yeah and i I've you have been, to be really good. i've either been missing completely or i've cut them right off we we they're like laying there we with haven't no head. done it's been a long time since of course it's hard when they're moving and doing what they do the the shotgun's a safer route because oh yeah you're you're more guaranteed to hit them and you won't like when you do get it most of the time, you're not going to completely destroy it. And that's one of the, right. but the breast and the meat that comes out of it, if you do it with a rifle is perfect. Oh yeah. It, it is perfect. It's just pristine and, yep. and nice and clean and perfect. And, yep. and of course that's what you're toting, you know, so that's what you use. Yep. We've eaten you know, partridge just about it. Cocoa puffs been getting it done too. Cocoa puff, you and Casey have done the best. Ryan and I, yep. a couple of them, but not as much as you guys. Yeah. Your turn. 
I'm gonna have to eat him. Oh, too bad. Yep. Here's a three. I know you can play. I can play that. Oh, how's another one? Get one more and you're good. But it's been great, and uh, I'm looking forward to muzzle loader. Looking forward to some of that new camera work and taking yeah. everybody out yes. hunting with us. It's going to be fun. Yep. And muzzle loader has always kind of been my deal. I've always loved it. When we first started muzzle loader in, in Vermont, years and years years ago, I had an old yeah. piece of junk, and I did my best with that old piece of junk. And CVA, shot it quite a, a CVA, few. CVA, CVO. What was it? Yeah, it was a CVA uh, Frontier. Yeah. Kit gun, and yeah. I, I built that thing and and went out and shot it the trigger is Man, absolutely you, the most horrendous trigger i've ever had other on than a firearm. Ryan, other than ryan's rifle yeah his isn't too good but the, this uh, is worse wasn't the manufacture date on that rifle like 1770 <laughs> <laughs> it does it looks it, like a <laughs> it's a mid 1770s yeah <laughs> it might as well be it was a modern rifle you know for us guys who built the pyramid yeah like but, the rest of your uh the rest of your hunting stuff up until the early 2000s was pretty dinosaur-y there you go. Oh, thanks. Now I got to take. A yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, we've had a really good time, and uh, I want to thank you all for listening. And good luck out there. Congratulations, everybody, at Gut Deer, and uh, keep up your spirits. Those of you who are still hunting, and uh, we'll we'll try and keep it coming. We'll do our best to keep you halfway entertained. And we've got a few little projects we're working on that should be really yeah. fantastic. I know I'm. I'm really almost in tears watching some of it. It's so good. It's so, going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah. And uh, if, if you guys have any uh, questions, comments, or things that you would like us to talk about or topics for videos or topics for podcasts, you can send those over to our podcast email, A-S-K-M-T-N-D-E-E-R at Gmail. That's our podcast email for specifically for that. But you can always reach out to us on you know YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz as well. The shop's been really busy. Oh, jeez, crazy! The, um, oh my god, yeah, we're not far from like calling it quits. Yeah, we may have to. We may have to so stop taking to deer because it's yep. been hellacious. You know, you guys have been getting it done at least, right? You and Ryan, all you big buck hunters out there. Yeah. Well, I've I put about ten cards in that pile now, so you can go ahead. No, how about that? I'm gonna skip you a couple. You times can't skip and me. Clear that. See, card. he's trying to cheat. As soon as <laughs> I've we've been like, doing it while you're, I've been just you. Oh, have you? <laughs> you're talking away, and I'm just going. What is <laughs> he? You know what? We're done. We're not just done the podcast. We're done cards because you know what? If I wanted to cheat, I'd play with Casey. <laughs> He, he is he is right there with me. <laughs> you He's guys, good at you cheating. guys are two peas in a pod when it comes to cards. Lawless, godless card players. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this little camp podcast, um, and we will see you relatively soon. Take care in videos guys. and all that jazz. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. Let's let the smoke roll. Yeah, the powder. We'll get some film of that. We'll do some yes. slow-mo and stuff. It'll yeah. be good. I can't yep. wait. It's going to be fun. forward to it. Got to get out there. Got to get the videos going. Yep. Thank you, guys. We'll see you later. Okay. So long. Happy hunting.